stand and worship together this morning. So good to have you today and see you in the house. Beyond belief. 
1 Corinthians 2, 9 says, But it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. I just feel like God's trying to draw us closer to him. He wants us to come in closer to him and spend time with him. Because what he has to show us, we can't find in the world. Amen? What he has to give us, we cannot find anywhere else but in him and with his spirit. So I just feel like he's saying, come close to me and spend time with me. And all of the anxiety and all of the fear and everything that you're facing and everything that's coming against you, it will melt away in my presence. Amen? So as we go on with worship, I, try, I just challenge you just to lay down those things. Lay down the hindrances. Lay down the, the distractions. And just look to God and let him minister to you today in this time. Amen. If God be for us, who can be against us?
my tie tack's messing up, but it's okay. Can we sing that song just a little bit? What a wonderful song this morning. Uh, if you uh, take a handheld, if you want to see. this morning. How many know that? And he has whatever you have need of today. Amen? He needs to touch you, minister to you, meet your need. We'll get to the word here in just a minute. But I tell you, God is a great, great God. As they sing it again unto the Lord, that is what he wants to do for each and every one of you. Make his face shine upon you, bless you, minister to you, meet your need this morning. Let's take just a little bit of time and worship the Lord one more time unto the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Tell the Lord you love him this morning for a little bit. May you favor you love him for a moment this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, you're a great God, a glorious Lord this morning. Thank you, Lord God, for all that you do. Lord God, for loving us and caring for us and ministering to us, Lord God. Lord God, bless this people, this church. 
Lord God, as they look forward, Lord God, to their future. Lord God, prepare, Lord God, each and every heart to receive, Lord God, what's coming. Lord God, that this church would be blessed and ministered. Growth would take place. Lord God, salvations and baptism of the Holy Spirit. Lord God, healings, deliverance. Lord God, in this place, Lord God, you're going to do a marvelous, marvelous work that only you can do. Now, Lord God, bless this morning. Minister this morning. And Lord God, we thank you and we praise you. We glorify your matchless and your wonderful, wonderful name. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name. Bless your name, Lord God. I'll just wait on the presence of the Lord just for a few moments. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We give you praise, Lord. Give you glory, Come on, people, tell the Lord you love him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, bless you. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord God. Lord God, reveal, Lord God, to us what you have for this people. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. What a marvelous God we serve. Amen. Amen. Marvelous God we serve. He's here this morning again to touch you, minister, meet your need. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to have you in the house of the Lord this morning. You may be seated. God bless you this morning. Amen. What a wonderful, wonderful time of worship this morning. Amen. Did you think so? Amen. Praise the Lord. My name is uh, John Dodd. I can we have just a little bit of light so I can see who I'm preaching to this morning? Y'all are fuzzy out there, amen. It is good to be here. That's good, wherever you want it at, brother. It is good to be here this morning. I was uh, uh, contacted a little bit ago about coming and being a part of the, the church as people are coming and going. 
Uh, and uh, matter of fact, uh, I, I was asked by some people here in the church, uh, you know, why don't you send your resume? We were from Texas, so your pastor and I could have switched places. You know, him down in Texas and me up here. Uh, and I said, no, 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 we're going to retire. Uh, we're going to just uh, enjoy, uh, you know, what we're doing in retirement. But after being here this morning, I wish I'd have sent it. Amen. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful worship and praise unto your Lord. And uh, you can sense that the Lord has a plan and has a purpose for this church. Amen. And so if I were you, I would get excited about what God is doing and is going to do. Amen. Uh, yeah, give the Lord a hand. Praise the Lord. It is, uh, uh, since we've retired and moved back up to, uh, to Indiana, see, I was in uh, just outside of Houston, Texas, my wife and I, uh, pastoring a church there. And uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful church. And uh, we moved back here again in retirement. My wife was a RN for uh, 40-some years, and so she retired, and I thought, well, I guess I should retire too. So uh, we'll see how retirement goes because we haven't figured out whether we have the money to do it or not. Uh, don't know if it's a possibility or not, but we're going to give it a shot in faith. Amen. But uh, we, uh, we came back up, and now we're looking for a home church uh, down in the Salem area. And uh, your kind of church is far and in between. It's not just easily accessible. Uh, we go to churches and we go, well, I don't know, I, you know. But if I was living in this area, uh, this would be one of the churches, amen. So again, thank you for the invite, for those that invited me to come. And uh, it's going to be a pleasure this morning. Now, I tried to get away from the message that I'm preaching this morning, actually, because uh, I knew the uh, makeup of the church a little bit. Uh, uh, I've listened to some of the past uh, preachers preach and things like that. And uh, then I thought, well, you know, I need to come in with some great sermon that's going to tickle and excite and, uh, you know, get you to run around in circles or whatever the case is. But the Lord kept bringing me back to this portion of Scripture and this thought. Uh, years and years and years ago, again, I've been, I've been a pastor for 37 years, senior pastor. Before that, an evangelist. Before that, uh, uh, sang in uh, Southern Gospel groups and in church teaching and board members and all that kind of stuff. But after 37 years of uh, being a senior pastor, uh, I, I've been asking myself at, in retirement, what is it that is the most important things that uh, the church needs and that you and I need as individuals? And as I looked at uh, my churches and the churches of my friends, I have a lot of friends that pastor different churches, the amount of uh, being born again has really declined. Uh, you get to the end of your year, and uh, uh, especially in the assemblies, and that's what I've been a pastor in for all these years, they send you a questionnaire of, oh, well, how many has been you know, saved, how many has been baptized in the Holy Spirit, how many has been baptized in water, how many is this and this and this. And over the years, my friends and even myself occasionally would show uh, not a whole lot of people being born again. What we have uh, sort of come to in the church is uh, you sort of become a Christian by osmosis. Uh, you sort of show up in church. You, uh, you learn how to talk like Christians. You, uh, you like the people there. And so, uh, you know, it's a nice club to go to. 
Now, I was a church kid. As I said, born and raised and underneath a pew. Uh, I was born in church. I knew how to talk like everyone else talks. I, I knew how to be a Christian by actions and what I should and shouldn't do. That that night uh, in the church, the Lord convicted me of my sin. Now, what sin was it? It wasn't drinking, smoking, cursing, swearing, carrying on. None of that. He convicted me of my lack of trust in him as my personal Savior and Lord. See, a lot of people, they, they will come to an altar and get saved by running to the altar and saying, Oh, God, forgive me for being an alcoholic. Uh, forgive me for uh, cheating on my wife or my husband. Forgive me of lying. The reason why they're doing that most of the time is because they've got caught and they want to find some way to get out of their hassle and out of their problem. And so they plead with God to help me get out of this mess that I'm in. And, and we call them uh, uh, revival salvations uh, because when the revival is taking place, they run to the altar, they get saved. Uh, they don't really get saved because they don't trust Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. They just want God to make them a way out of either going to jail or their wife or their husband divorcing them or, or uh, getting fired from their work. That's why they're down at the altar repenting. They're not down actually trusting God for a salvation. Now, whenever I was uh, growing up and as I pastored all these years, uh, we would have uh, times of prayer for the sick. I hope you do that around here some. But we would have a long line of people being prayed for for the sick. And it always confused me and sort of bothered me that as you prayed for the sick, uh, uh, only a certain percentage of them seemed to get healed. Anybody realize that? I mean, it's a, it's a miserable 10, 15, 20% might get healed they might go back and say yeah God's touched my body and I, I'm healed and I'm changed uh, but you know what might happen is there may be 10 people and the other eight go back and go well I haven't received anything from the Lord as far as the healing goes but we believe that anybody that comes down to an altar and says Lord forgive me of my sin cleanse me uh, and, and help me become a Christian is saved and we, the Bible says, that we must confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ has, was risen from the dead and is our Lord and our Savior. Now, you and I, having sat around somebody that, that is confessing their sin, we can hear the voice that they're using and we can hear the words that are coming out of their mouth. But we do not have the privilege of looking down into their heart and see if they've actually uh, uh, come to the Lord in faith, believing for salvation. So we don't know the percentages may be about the same as healing for salvations. I'm telling you that we are growing a church sometimes, and maybe not this church, but we are growing a church where you come to the church and you become a part of the church because you like the uh, uh, you know, again, the people, you like the youth group, uh, you like this, you like that, you like the music, and you never really come to that place where you say, I am a sinner and I need to be saved. And if you've never done that, uh, you are not saved. I, I was in church all my life up to about 15. Again, as I told you, I, I learned how to be a Christian by, by watching and doing, but I want to tell you for a fact that if Jesus would have come for me, either in the rapture or me in death, before that age of 15 where I walked to the altar and I said, Lord, forgive me of my sin, I would have went to hell. There's a scripture. 
that the Lord talks about, and uh, it says that there's going to be a bunch of people stand before him someday. And as they stand before him, they're going to say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do? And they're going to list the things that they did for him. Now, we can argue whether that is that they really did it or not. Who cares? But they're going to stand before God. But God, didn't we raise the dead? Didn't we do this? Didn't we proclaim your name? And he says unto them, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. I think the church of Jesus Christ, this church, the church I pastor, the, the church that, that, that is in the future for you all, need to make sure that they're understanding that people need to be born again. Give the Lord a hand clap. There was this guy that came uh, to Jesus at night. Everybody knows this, uh, this guy. His, called, his name was Nicodemus. And uh, everyone makes a big deal about him coming at night. Maybe he just had a late night at, at his job. I don't know. But anyway, he comes at night. And he starts uh, buttering up Jesus. Well, we know you're a great teacher. Come from God. And Jesus instantly cuts him off and says, no, you must be born again. And Nicodemus, uh, think about this. N nobody uh, in this area or this time had ever heard of being born again. They come from a Jewish background uh, where you went to an altar uh, in a synagogue or a, a, a place of, 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 of sacrifice, and that's how you got your sin uh, forgiven. And now this uh, Jewish guy uh, is coming to Jesus at night uh, and saying, how do I go to heaven? Uh, and, and he says, you must be born again. Wonder what he thought. Wonder what Nicodemus thought as he sat there and go, what in the world does that mean? But as the uh, New Testament unfolds, as the things of God unfold uh, and Paul starts writing and the disciples start writing, it becomes very clear that you and I must be born again. Wow. It leads to everything. We had a message in tongue and interpretation this morning. That could not be given unless, first of all, a person is born again and then baptized in the Holy Spirit and then operating the gifts of the Spirit. You and I must be a people that says, you know what? I want to be born again. I need to be born again. I was lost and undone. Can you say that about yourself? See, what we don't like to do, what we don't like to do in this day and this age is admit that somebody is a sinner. That's not cool. How many's ever been told, you are a sinner and you need saved? You'd probably punch somebody. You'd respond in a very negative way. And so the pulpits of America have started being a little bit more silent about, well, you know, sin. Let's not talk about sin. Let's talk about everything that just uplifts and everything that's fine and dandy. But if, if, if you can be in church all your life, and if you're not saved, you're not saved. I, I was pastoring my first church, and it was up around the uh, uh, Chicago area, uh, and, uh, and again, my first church, and we had this little uh, meeting where all the churches sort of got together, and they gave me uh, the job of preaching about salvation similar to this, and so I started preaching about being born again, and I preached and had the altar call and things such as that. And, uh, and then a guy come up to me afterwards, 
He was much older than I was at that time because I was just a kid, pastor my first church. And uh, he comes up to me afterwards. He had been a deacon in a church for probably 30 years. Gone to church all his life at this, at this particular church. And he comes up to me and he says, Pastor, I never heard that you had to be born again. I've been in church all my life. What is this being born again? This was a Christian church in town uh, that I pastored in. And so we had to sit down and talk about to a guy that was in the church all of his life, been on the board of the church for 30 years, uh, had given and helped build and support the church that he went to, but he had never, ever heard ever in his life that you needed to be born again. And so we was able to help him understand that. In James chapter 2, it says, For the body without the spirit is dead. Whenever you come to John 3.6, not 3.16, but 3.6, it says that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Now, I'm not going to, I doubt that I'm going to shock anybody this morning. Maybe somebody, I don't know. But as I was growing up in Pentecost, uh, the Assemblies of God, and, and again, it may have been the church that I grew up in more than uh, just the Assemblies of God as a whole, but you never were sure whether you was going to go to heaven or not. One minute you may be going, the next minute you're not. Every Sunday night, my pastor, was a, he was famous for this. He could hang you over hell with his, with his sermon, and every Sunday night, I ran to the altar to get saved. I didn't get saved all the time. I just knew that God knew what I'd been doing this past week, and I better at least cover up all those things. And so uh, uh, he could hang you over hell, uh, and there you were, uh, you know, just being, being baked, and your, your feet would actually feel hot, uh, where you'd run to an altar to get saved. But then there was one time, at that time of 15 years old, that I ran into a Jesus that loved me. And I recognized his love. And that his conviction on my life was not about condemning me. It is not con condemnation, it is conviction. And whenever you have conviction in your life, uh, you want to get saved. You want to get rid of the stuff in your life that should not be there. And so whenever I was born as a child, I grew up, that which is flesh is flesh. And now that which is spirit is spirit. And I told you, you may be shocked by this, but the older I get, the more I don't mind eternal security. You said, oh, pastor, please don't say that. No, I believe you can backslide. I think it takes a lot of effort on your part. I believe it takes a lot of work on your part to walk away from God. I believe that what is spirit is spirit. And sometimes we have all kinds of issues in our life after being born again, but we have a mediator between us and the Father, the man Christ Jesus. And he is the one sitting on the throne today, saying to the Father, Father, that John God guy down there, you know what, he's not perfect, uh, he's made mistakes, and the other day he sinned by doing this and this. Can you forgive him of that sin? And, he, and the Father looks at the Son, looks at the blood. We sang about the blood today. He looks at the blood, and he says, because of your blood, uh, Jesus, I will forgive him. 
And he gives me his righteousness. Because until you get saved, the Holy Spirit is never dead, right? I mean, he's God, part of God. He can't die. But the Holy Spirit is dead in us as far as God is concerned until we're born again. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13 says, whenever we're born again, the Holy Spirit baptizes us in the body of Christ. How many has been baptized in the body of Christ? And you raise up not to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, but to drink of the Holy Spirit. You cannot be saved without drinking of the Holy Spirit. And so you get saved and you get baptized into this great body of Christ. You're raised to newness of life. There's been many, many, many things that has caught my eye and my spirit and I've sort of had to deal with as I've pastored and preached. One of those is the scripture that says, if you are born again, you will not sin. Anybody read that? Anybody ever read that? We love to explain it away. <laughs> oh, well, it doesn't mean that. It means this. It means that. Well, I don't know about this and that. Well, I recognize that that scripture says you will not continue in sin. You will not habitually sin. I realize that. But whenever you get saved, God allows you to overcome the things of this world, allows you to live a life that is better and better and better. We start looking more and more and more like Jesus Christ. And that is our ultimate goal, is to be and to look like Christ. And so you and I, we should stop putting salvation to the side and hoping people will just like our church, like our, uh, us as people. Matter of fact, uh, you know, I pastored uh, First Assembly here in Bedford for years, and uh, it was really, really funny. We had a, a guy that was coming to our youth group, and uh, he was of Muslim descent, and uh, so he came, and he was coming all the time to our youth group. And uh, one night, something, I, I don't know, I was over there for something, and, and we were bragging about this Muslim kid that has come to Jesus Christ. And he says, oh, no, no, pastor. I, I'm, I'm is, Islamic. I said, you've been coming to church all, all, for years. Well, yeah, I know. I, I, I like the people. I, I, I enjoy the people. I, I, I enjoy, the, you know, again, the music and, and the eating together. But no, pastor, no, no, no. I, 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 I'm not converted to Christianity. I, I'm, not, I'm not saved this morning. And I walked away, and I found a, 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 a doorpost, and I beat my head against it for thinking, how dare us just have somebody come in? See, I've been in sales. Every pastor's been in sales at some time or another. And one of the things I know about sales is you can tell them about this lovely uh, monitor up here and wouldn't you love to have it, and, and it costs so-and-so and much, and it has these pixels and this and that on it. But until you get down to the point where you say, do you want to buy it, you've not made a sale. You can talk to them all about this great uh, TV, but unless you say, do you want it? Do you want to spend the money for it? It never gets sold. And that's what we're doing with the world we live in. We're giving them a lot of things. We're talking to them about 
Jesus and we're talking to them about fun and, and come and be a part of our church. Uh, but we're never popping the question, do you want Jesus? Do you want to be saved? And whenever they do want to be saved, they will be born again. Nicodemus, you must be born again. All of this clever word working that he was doing. Oh, Lord, we know you come from heaven. Oh, we know this about, oh, you're a great guy. Forget about all of that, Nicodemus. Be born again. Whenever you have religion, you have the ability to change a few things. Matter of fact, some people that are religious slap on a bomb, go into places, and blow things up. So religion is not altogether what you need. Morality is not all that you need. I've told people over and over and over again, people has been in, in the churches I've pastored, there's people in this world that is more moral than people in church. Morality doesn't save you. And I've heard people, uh, of course we all have, well, I'm not going to go to church, you know, it's a bunch of hypocrites. Well, certainly there is. Certainly there is a hypocrites in the church. You might be a saved hypocrite. <laughs> you might be born again. But a sinner will continue if he only has religion to try to fight what he is fighting. But whenever you find Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, Jesus comes to you. Jesus intervenes in your life and starts making you like him. And after all of these years of pastoring, all these years of uh, teaching people and preaching to people, I have to tell you that you must be born again. And then everything that takes place after that is marvelous and wonderful. Be as spiritual as you want to be. Raise the dead. Rest in tongue interpretations. Pray for the sick. Teach a Sunday school class. But if you're not born again, you're not born again. Salvation requires you to do a few things. Can I tell you what they are? Fall on your knees. Thank you, brother. You did take the lid off, didn't you? I was hoping he'd take the lid off for me. Good help, you know. Just a minute. Larry can grab that here in a little bit, amen. Thank you, brother. If you're born again, the Lord wants you just to be what you need to be. To fall on your knees and admit that you're a sinner. Repent. Confess. Forsake. Accept the work of Christ that he did on the cross. I had tried for years and years and years before that 15th age that I come to an altar to try to be good. How many of you ever tried to be good? You can do it for a while. <laughs> you, can, you can do your best efforts to be good for a while. But when Jesus Christ comes into your life, he starts to change you forever. Don't come to an altar and repent about being an alcoholic or a drug addict. Don't repent about those things first. Repent that, Lord, I have not trusted you to be my Lord and my Savior. I have not trusted you to save my soul. 
And then after you do that, you can repent about the things in your life that needs to be taken care of. I'm going to close in just a minute. Our, our band can come back up if they want. Let me just read you some scriptures. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name, which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. John 1.12 1 John 2.29 If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. And then lastly this, 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Love knows not God, for God is indeed love. You and I need, you may be saved, this whole congregation might be saved as I preached on this morning. But I would at least let you think about it. If you couldn't raise your hand and say, I realize and I remember the time that I got saved. You need to think about it, people. That's such a traumatic thing in your life. I remember. Matter of fact, whenever I got up from being saved at 15, everybody in the church looked much more wonderful than they ever had in their life. That lasted for about three weeks. But I got saved. Life was different. Not perfect. I still love that intercessor sitting beside the Father making intercession for me. I still love that. Because I'm not perfect as you are. But I am born again. And I would tell you right now that if I would die, fall over with the big heart attack right here, right now, I'm going to be in heaven. You say, how, how would you know such a thing? Because his spirit bears witness with my spirit that I am a child of God right now. Right now. I'm a Christian, not because I give things to the church, not because I've been a pastor for all these years, not because I do good things and, and, and act, act certain ways. I'm saved because that one night in the church, I walked an aisle and said, Lord, be my Lord and my master. Forgive me of my sin. God does not forgive oopses, mistakes, oh wells. He forgives sin. That's what he died on the cross for, sin. And so you and I must be forgiven of sin. I hope this church, as you move into your future, is a beacon of light to those lost and dying in a world. You go to your neighbors and you go to your uh, places of work and we look at other people and we say, well, they're just the same as I am. They can be more moral, more righteous, more, more good than you ever thought about being. Unless they're saved, they're not going to heaven. They need Jesus as a personal Savior. So my prayer for you, as this is my only time to be here, is that you will find in classrooms, youth group, in the sanctuary, opportunities to say, do you know Jesus? Have you been convicted of your sin? Do you need to come to the Lord? Let's bow our heads just for a moment this morning. Let's put into practice what we have just now preached. If you have never said, Lord, 
I need forgiveness of my sin of doubting your your hand on my life I, I, I need to confess Lord God you as my Lord and Savior and I need to do that this morning before I leave this place I just simply want you to slip your hand up and say I need Jesus maybe for the first time or maybe a rededication of yourself to the Lord in the balcony or down here floor anybody very very quickly I'm not gonna beg for God not gonna beg for God so I would assume that every single person here whether I see one hand I would assume other than this one person every single person here knows if you had died today you're gonna to go to be with Jesus in heaven if you don't know that for a fact you can know that this morning do we have people that pray for people around altars if you if you pray for people around the altars can you come thank you Lord I'm not wanting to put anybody on the spot I really not but if you raise your hand for salvation could you come and just present yourself I, I don't like to get saved in darkness and, and behind the scenes and no one knows about it. Anybody very quickly just admit, I need Jesus. It's okay. If I may, and I don't know, I, I don't want to take extra liberty, it's not mine to take. But if you need Jesus to touch you in body, soul, mind, or spirit, if you're going through a rough time in your life, if you're going through some tough times that you need God to intervene in your life for, I want you to stand and come. I want the brothers and sisters to touch you and pray for you. The Bible says call for the elders of the church, people of the church to pray for us. Anoint with oil, good things are going to happen. Very, very quickly, do you have a need this morning before we get ready to close? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We're going to sing one song before we close. Amen. Anybody else have a need this morning? You'd like to come? It's all right. this morning for my wife.
there's somebody going to come now for closing out the service announcements and things such as that. Don't know who it is. Ah, he's coming. Come on up, brother. Let me say again, it's been good to be in the house of the Lord with you all. Thank you for listening to my ramblings this morning. I'll be praying for the God's blessing upon you, ministering unto you as you move towards your future. God bless you. It's been good to be here in the house of the Lord today. God bless you. Well, I don't know, church, but if you don't feel like you've been to church this morning, there's a Christian comedian who always says, you better check your heart. <laughs> you better check your heart. God is good. Amen. Aren't you excited to be in God's house this morning? Just a few announcements. First and foremost, we want to say to our visitors, welcome. We're so happy and excited that you're here with us. In the front seat in front of you, there's a card. If you would just fill that out, take it back to our welcome desk. We've got a gift. I believe it's a ton of chocolate. So uh, be sure to take that. Fill that out for us. Uh, put it back there at the welcome desk. We would greatly, greatly appreciate that. Uh, as always with our tithes and our offerings, we have uh, a certain number of ways to give. We're going to have buckets in the back, so we're not going to be passing around. But you can see online, we have our online giving. We have a kiosk out front, and you can text as well. So um, if that's your heart, by all means, we, we appreciate that. Uh, just a few announcements this morning. Uh, men's class, Tuesday night at 7 p.m. I always have to apologize to him because I never make it. But I'm telling you, the times that I have, it's been wonderful. If you guys have got some time at 7 p.m. On, on Tuesday nights, get in there. It's a, it's, it's a great time of, of manly fellowship, and, and we need that. Guys, we, we've kind of got to the point to where we, 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 great, we, we grasp that male, macho mentality. You know, God breaks our heart for a reason. So take the time. Take some time. Get together with fellow men in the church and just take a time to get into God's word. Um, there's also no women's Zoom this entire month, which we've got, I think, two more weeks of it. So they'll be starting back up in September. A week from Wednesday, they are starting back up. Ladies, teach your man how to get on Zoom. All right? Um, so remember that as well. Hey, Wednesday nights, if you have a youth, we have youth service in the, in the, uh, in the fellowship hall. We are six feet apart. Woo! And not to mention Kids Rock Drive-In. I'm telling you, they're doing a great, and well, I, sh I don't have to say that. They're awesome people. So, but hey, bring them out. Come out. Enjoy the time that we have. Thank you so much for being here this morning, church. I love our church. Amen. Don't you just love your church? Let's pray this morning. Father, we just thank you once again, Lord, just to be able to come into your house, God. Through all the things of the world that's going on, God, that we can take the time to come to your house with fellow believers in Christ and just lift you up. God, I just praise you and just worship you. You're so worthy, God. We thank you so much for the opportunity. God, I thank you for Pastor Dodd. Just continue to bless and anoint him. Father, I ask you to be with us as we go our separate ways, Father. Keep us safe. Have your hand upon each and every one of us. God, we love you. We thank you in, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed this morning.